today, um, it's about it's him. It's how, what does Brew Day consist of? Oh, so we're sweet. just gonna have a conversation with Brian and see what he goes through throughout the day and all the antics that he likes to pull. Oh, we usually was using resorts to something being set on fire, or yeah, well, I, do, you, I only he's did only done that it a couple once. times. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, we have. A, I only did that once, and we. I only had, did well, that a well, the times. pump caught on fire one day, but I mean, when the pump. Two pumps broke and they caught on fire, but I don't catch. That's not like purposeful. That's just like a mechanical failure. See, that's not his fault. It's just a mechanical failure. <laughs> Who's the? He sent me a video once. You just like set some kegs on fire. The old plastic no, kegs. The old plastic or? kegs had those sleeves. Oh, I hated those though. Yeah, yeah we, we all said they were those. fireproof. So we set one on fire just to see what it would do. It was a slow burner. It's got that. Um, <laughs> I don't burn? know. It, the matrix that they put on it. It burned. Yeah, yeah. you can burn anything. It just was like a slow burn. Mm. Okay. It wasn't like cardboard that would just take off on fire. That's not nearly as exciting. No, it's not. It was, and he was kind of disappointed too, if I, if I remember correctly. It was many yeah. years ago. It was just a. It was a slow. I was disappointed to find out that cars don't explode. Like, if they catch on fire, they don't, like, explode like they do no, in the movies. No, no. That's do because not. they're put... I know. I mean, it makes sense, and it's the obviously gas will safe, explode. But it's not going to be like it is in, like, a movie. No. So... It'll blow up. So disappointing. It'll burn. Yeah. I used to be a firefighter. I didn't know that. And we'd go to car fires all the time, and tires blow. Okay. That makes sense. It would shit out of you. Yeah. And they could take your knees out if you're... So you kind of got to anger yourself... To, to stay away from the directly on the side of the tires. Yeah, that sounds. But awful. the cars don't explode. Are the tires more likely to just like lose air before they explode? It's, no, it's like a the balloon air exploding. Yeah, expands the thing. Pop. Mm. Yeah. I actually passed a car that was completely toast on the interstate a couple days ago. Like it was black. Yeah. Black or it was already yeah. burning because one night I was driving home about a year ago and there was one just burning on the side of the road. Actually, the other day... Uh, Carbecue. I would say two and a half weeks ago, I was going to work. So as I was coming down 78, I go around that ramp, whatever, mm-hmm. and hit uh, 26 by uh, North Charleston exit. The whole like grassy area was on fire. And there was like five fire trucks and mm. like 20 cop cars and it was roaring <laughs> i have no idea what caused it and i still haven't been able to like drive by to see what damage How it looks is there but it was crazy i remember pulling up like i am in the beginning of a disaster right now <laughs> i'm like i have to get to work Yeah, because there's a ton of homes back there oh yeah on the it, left and the yeah, right yeah. side of the interstate now it was they not a developed good deal. all the way down uh what is that uh highway front frontage road because, you know, that's where all the apartment complexes yeah. are on the mm-hmm. right as you're going down eastbound past the 78 yes. exit. Yes, yes, and yes. And on the wet, on the other side, the left side, is all homes. Mm-hmm. We could use some more frontage roads along 26. Not that there's any space for it. There's no frontage road on the westbound side. There's a frontage road on the eastbound side, though. This is super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. Hey, guys, thank you for listening. Guess what? We're actually here to talk civil about engineering. beer. <laughs> talk about civil engineering and arson. <laughs> right. Uh, I am well, Caleb. I'll be the host and mediator and random person that doesn't know what Ben, or ben, ben. or Brian are talking so about. So one thing that we do should say, though, oh. but June 17th is the anniversary of the Charleston 9, so... Okay, definitely. We should. Yeah. I mean, I was going to let you say Not whatever. that. Ever. Give it a nice intro. Mm-hmm. Since we were talking about... He's just so excited to go. Look at him. He just wants to jump in. <laughs> June we were talking about fires. But I anyways, that. that was, you know... Okay. I know three guys that died in that, so... We have to keep note of that. So we should June not forget 17th. about those guys. One of our customers is... Uh, he was there for that. He's really? a Charleston uh, County captain. So, old oh. Thomas Talent. Mm-hmm. Yep. How long is it? It's so been 16 years. Yeah, wow. I think it's been sixteen years. Two thousand seven. I, th- I think that was. I can't remember the date. That was. So I just know the longer than I, coming up. Than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all forgotten about that, and we shouldn't. So. Yeah, that's a good thing to bring up. It was nice. All right, so we're here to uh, listen to you. Yeah, we talk about me. Talk about Brian's brew day. Yeah. And our our, our manual system. It's uh, uh, it's funny because someone just actually reached out. Apparently, we use a Blitzman system. A what system? Blitchman is a company. Blitch. Okay. They started out making homebrew equipment. 
He, well, he's actually an engineer. He's an engineer. <laughs> and then, and then got he was into designing, and he became a home brewer, and then he got into designing home, brewer, home brewing equipment. Nice. I guess that's the synopsis right. of his, how then, his company came to fruition. Okay. So a lot of us, me and him included, use their kettles, their big pots for home brewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I got into brewing or making professional gear. So when you go to their website, we're listed there. So That's I just awesome. got notified or emailed. Someone emailed me asking, "Hey, you guys want to let us know, you know, about your system?" Hell yeah! So, but That's it's super awesome. manual, and you, he'll get into it and what his day, what it's like. And we only yeah. bought like the second generation for the system that we have. So when we went to buy purchase our new equipment, they only had like generation two, I think, of their electric system. Mm. So. It's we get to work out the bugs with them. It's literally, yeah, it's literally three large pots. Pots. They're not. <laughs> so they're not. So they're not insulated like normal equipment would be, like polyurethane insulation, and then double walled with steel. They're single steel walled vessels, and they look like big mm-hmm. pots that you would see. Like uh, the best guy is like when you go onto the um, Yorktown. And you can walk through the kitchen. That's what it looks like. Those big stock pots that they would mm-hmm. have to make food. That's a good reference. So you know, like the mixer pots. It looks yeah. kind of like that, but they're not like crucible shape. They're more uh, standard stock pots right. shape. Right, yeah. And Just huge. Huge. So they're 150 gallons. Mm-hmm. You, can put five, you can put five barrels in there, which is uh, 155 gallons of water or liquid yeah. or whatever. Liquid. That's good. Not uh, not dry weight, and then two of them have six port or three ports on the side where we have electric elements. Okay, like so, in your water heater, just like in your water heater. No, if you but have an electric huge. water heater, they're the yeah, they're basically huge electric water heater elements. They're probably like what through two and a half feet. Well, yeah, two they're feet? low. Yeah, they're low watt, high density. So, all right. So they have more surface area. So when you run the electricity through them, they don't like melt on you. Just so strictly just like the hot water heater, because yeah. you don't want your hot water heater elements melting. <laughs> no, I probably wouldn't and have a fire. do it any good. Right. <laughs> we're back to fires. We're back to fires. <laughs> you can cause a fire. <laughs> and uh, one of them is a, liquid, a hot liquor tank, so you just fill it up with water and use that to heat it up and make hot water for the day. And then okay. one thing that we gained from that is back in the day, it was as big of a deal because it was a smaller volume because we had a one-barrel mm-hmm. system. Uh, but he can program it. So he'll come home on his way home from work at night. So when he walks in in the morning... That is a nice, yeah, it's a nice option on their board. So on the other board, they do have yeah. a timer you can set to at least warm the water up in the hot liquor tank. Heck yeah. Yeah. No, we don't have a float switch or a manual filling. It's manual filling. It's not an automatic filling tank with a float switch. Okay. So Which you turn the water off once you got... Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So if you know anything about plumbing, you can just put a float switch or a switch on a uh, water storage tank. So when the water gets to a certain level, it just cuts the water off so you don't get backflow. One, you don't get backflow, and two, you don't overfill. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. We don't have that. So it's a manual fill, but it's an automatic. <laughs> Which we do oh, often. Automatic uh, timer. So, okay. Because it takes, if you think about it, in the summer, wintertime, groundwater temps are 50 I mean, mm. when we had that snow, groundwater temps were probably 30. Well, not 30. It would freeze. <laughs> but well, no, no, the pipes would... Well, I don't know, man. I'm sure there were people that had busted pipes. <laughs> but no, the ground probably got... It, groundwater temp probably got the 40 um, easily. Yeah, was, and that takes a while, but like summertime right now, no. Not with 90 degrees. Yeah, it's probably like 70, 80 degree water uh, coming out of the tap. Groundwater gets... So it's nice during the summertime. Mm-hmm. Water heats up quickly in the wintertime. It takes a little bit of time. But with the three elements, usually in four hours, you can get 200-degree water, 180-degree water. Damn, four hours. Mm-hmm. It's a hot minute. Well, think about it. It's a lot of mass. Yeah, and no, water that's true. Do, water but doesn't... It, it takes... So if you think about the ocean or you think about your swimming pool, it takes a while to get it warmed up. Touché. But once it warms up, you know, around here, you know, people have pools and they get it to like 90-degree water. It's staying 90-degree water all summer long. It, it'll stay... Did for I just cut out? Because something just... No, that was me. I hit mine. Yeah, all right. He's looking at something weird. I'm still coming in, right? Uh, you are. Did Brian not? Go ahead, Brian. Say something else. Testing one. Two, oh, yeah, three, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're all good. Okay. 
It just was, I heard the thing. And yeah, it was me How dare you? Sorry. <laughs> but it'll it'll retain heat for a long period of time too. Mm-hmm. I mean that makes sense too because yeah, is thermal so mass, mass of water yeah. is good. It's not a great insulator, but it'll hold water. It'll hold hold temp for a while. How about how long do you need? Like, do you need it to stay warm? The whole day. Okay. So, so and we don't thing. have a big enough hot liquor tank, so you gotta constantly refill it. Oh, that's and hard. Try to keep it. At temperature. Yeah, our, our hot liquor tank, it's the same size as our boil kettle mashed on. You, you know, which, from a volume perspective, they're about five barrels. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You'd probably need, what, a 20-barrel hot liquor tank to go throughout Ten the whole day? Ten would be fine. Ten? Cause, yeah, because it's like 75. Damn. So you need 75 gallons of hot water just to run the mash. And you just run the mash straight up, same time, same way every time, just 75 gallons. I don't remember what the ratio is water to grist and then it's another you figure 25 percent loss and then you have to fill up to 135 gallons yeah, so that's a lot of water to <laughs> sparge with at greater than 160 and then anything for cleaning so you're looking at easily right there a headache that's he has a, a headache because he has simple math he went over 150 gallons let's put it that way yeah all right <laughs> before he even got started now, do and they then have what we a... do is we actually do, I do a higher gravity boil and then dilute it down so we can only do two runs to get in 10 gallon, ten barrels. Okay. So it saves time. Instead of just doing three brews per batch, you only do two. Just dilute it down with water. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Working with what you got. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do they make a bigger tank? Mm-hmm. Then, oh, okay. they're huge. Oh, okay. So the... And dilution's not a, a new concept there are lots of companies that do that lots of people that do that lots yeah i know do that. coffee world uh people do that with cold brew a lot mm-hmm. they'll make a concentration or whatever make a concentration Mix then it. dilute it down yeah exactly because it's easier to take like 20 pounds of coffee put it in 20 gallons of water mm-hmm. and make an extract basically and then dose it into how they want because then you get more control it's just getting that extract right. That's the hard part. Yeah, because the more <laughs> more solubles you have, and less solute, you know, you're only going to get so much coffee out of that water, or you're only going to yeah. get so much this out of that water. I don't know what lost you could mark down for that. I never did the math. Obviously, I didn't so, do the math. <laughs> yeah, but mashing is you lose about twenty five percent. So if you put seventy five gallons of water, like I said, you put hundred yeah. gallons of water and you put all that, you're going to lose about twenty five percent of it in the grain, depending on how much grain you have, what your what grain you're using, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. And that is all the doesn't account for all the times you have to change the hose. <laughs> so, and then yeah, the other yeah. thing we do is we have it's just well the one pump. Well, mm. we the impeller blew the other day on a pump, but it's no big deal. We usually have two pumps, so then from there we have one pump that runs from the hot liquor tank to the mash tun, so you can we can run water into the mash tun to do your mash, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you can use that pump to recirculate and do your Vorloff. And then that pump also becomes your water pump, meaning it pumps water into the top of the tank to sparge. So sprinkle water over the top. And then you have another pump that runs out of the bottom because it's an inline system, meaning that they're all next to one another. Mm-hmm. So before pumps, they would have had them tiered. Third floor would have been mash time. Second floor would have been... gravity. And use gravity. Like you would have had your hot liquor tank on the third floor, second floor. Okay. So since ours is vertical, this. yeah. Electricity and pumps and engineering make things easy. Yeah, definitely. If not, you have to use gravity. Gravity <laughs> flow, a lot of home brewers use. So, but anyways, with being in line, meaning next to one another, you have to pump the wort out, of, literally the wort out of the mash tun into the hot liquor tank. So, mashing is about an hour. So it takes about an hour to mash. It takes about 15 minutes to mash in. So you add some water, add some grain, mix it up, add some water, add some grain. Keep going. So you, that way you get everything kind of evenly. You get more homogeneous mixture instead mm-hmm. of a heterogeneous mixture. You still will see it's kind of interesting <laughs> in our system without having rakes or a, any kind of mash. Agitator? Agitator or any kind of specialized system. Like we don't have an auger. We don't have a a, spl- a sprinkler to use as a grist case and you know prehydrate the malt as it drops into the tank. Right. You, you don't have any of that. It's, it's all... It yeah, all. basically. Yeah. It's a mash pedal and arm work and mm. using that so you still get like we even we did um somerville lager you could open the mash the man way you could see where the rice settled out even though we mixed it in periodically mm. and that's just based on, based on weights and 
What's up with the... You said there's another line that goes up to the top that sprinkles water mm-hmm. on top? Why? So you're basically in the mash. You're making sugar water. But then what you're doing is you got to take all that sugar and you got to rinse it from the grains and collect uh. it. Because it's a concentrate. So you think of mash. You're like, mm-hmm. even if you're mashing... Like jogging board, by the time we're done mashing, the gravity of the liquor is like, uh, it can be 1080. So what yeah, you're doing is you want to get as much of that sugar as you want into the kettle, but as you put water in, you're diluting it down too. And then you also want to keep hot water in there because you want to keep the sugar molecules in, as much in water so you can get as much out of it. So okay. Plus a proper pH and temperature, time, and slow. That so, actually made sense. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So mostly the grain, though. I mean, the grain's great. I mean, most, so much is just over-modified, highly modified or over-modified, something that's a debate. Um, you, we, I mean, like 45 minutes, mashing's done. <laughs> 15 minutes, you got clear wort, literally, by recirculating, and you can run off. That's so, fast, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah okay. That's good. that's good for that kind of system. Cool, cool. So That's good. It's good. You heard I mean, you it talk takes about fifteen like, minutes to mash in, <laughs> so it sits for about thirty minutes, and then you recirculate for fifteen minutes, and then we can start running off, literally rinsing okay. the grains and collecting. Running off sugar means water. going into the boil kettle. So that does feel fast. And then that takes about an hour and a half, two hours. Okay, that's a lot. It's long. <laughs> and right now we have to do it manually with a funnel and pour hot water over the grain until our impellers come in. So. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. fun. It's not that bad. <laughs> There's worse things in life. He's <laughs> definitely, definitely agreed with you there. So, <clears throat> once we do, once we, once that started, yeah, to about two hours to recirculate, uh, to pull all the sugar water off, and then also get it to boil. Because mm-hmm. once you get it above the elements, you can turn the heat on. So we start that getting that wort to boil, and then once we're up. Filled up to 150, oh, 135 gallons. It boils for an hour and a half. So, okay, right okay. there, you're almost looking at like, you know, basically about six to eight hours of brew. We clean everything up. So, Damn so it. mornings we usually start in the morning. Yeah, what time do you normally get in there? Like, if you don't uh, work, Aaron and I have lately <laughs> been getting there like 8:39 and getting done at five. But usually, first thing we do is get in the morning, and so in the winter time just mashing alone is uh, difficult because if you had a cold night, the stainless steel is very cold. So the first thing we usually do is run, preheat. yeah, preheat that mash, that mash kettle up and literally run hot water into it mm-hmm. and get the temperature of that steel up to about 140, 130, 140 degrees. So we're not having so much temperature loss as we start adding. Because you got to remember grains are, like right now they're at 75 degrees, but like wintertime they can be at 50 degrees so that's all going to disrupt your temperatures and it's not it's not like we have a blender we don't have a way to heat things up we don't have a unfortunately our mash tun is not insulated either so you lose a lot of heat there too if you think about it just in generalized terms so heat that up and then we'll dump that water and then start mashing in usually 25 you know for jogging board it's uh four or five sacks of pilsner depending like usually the first run we'll do i'll do four just to get a lower gravity and then make a little higher gravity the second time around. That way, one, you just blend the two batches to get the starting gravity, and two, okay. having a lower gravity to start with actually makes it a little bit easier on the yeast to get rolling. Oh, okay. So you pick four bags of Pilsner, four or five bags of Pilsner, 10, 15 pounds of Munich. You divvy that up over three, so 25, and then put like a sack or two in, a little bit of Munich, another 25. It takes about 15 minutes. Stir it all in together. Make it look like oatmeal because you want to make sure you don't have any dough balls, mm-hmm. which is the hardest part when you start working dough with balls. like... Yeah. I'm familiar with those. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, making donuts, you know how like yeah. dough, if you don't get it equally mixed, will turn to, you get this big ball, but in the oh, middle yeah. is dry. <laughs> and if you have a dry area, especially when you're baking, you will get crappy bread, cake, mm-hmm. whatever you're making. Oh, it totally ruins it. And it ruins the whole thing. So same thing. Because you remember all that water is not getting into that malt. That water, The malt knees is already cracked. We get pre-milled. Just for all those people out there to have experience with this. So you need that water. Because you need water, temperature, time, pH, 
to convert to get the sugar out and just like baking you need proper ph time temperature mm-hmm. and water because if you don't then the flour's dry and not wet and malleable yep so it's making like oh, a dang. big pot of oatmeal good oatmeal so it's like nice and thick stirred real well yeah i like these things so like, like think of cream of wheat when i was growing up <laughs> Seriously, man, sometimes you get oatmeal and it's like soupy. I'm like, what's wrong soupy with Soupy because it's too much water or too yeah. thick and chunky because like they didn't mix it good enough. Exactly. See, it's, you got to get the right, it's just like, a, or cream of wheat. I used to eat cream of wheat all the time growing up. So if you didn't mix it right, it gets all clumpy. Yeah. You get these dough pain. balls. Yeah. It's lazy yeah. people. Well. I hate yeah. dough balls. <laughs> hmm? I hate dough balls. Yep. You hate, well, in that situation, totally. <laughs> Well, you know, you get the right dough balls and you fry them <laughs> up a little bit. You know, so. <laughs> so anyways, then they'll sit for another 30 minutes and then recirculate on top of that. And recirculation just pulls all the malt down, sets a nice, basically, sieve. Okay. So if you think about it, it's just like if you're dealing with um, water going through... I can't remember the calculation. The it, could, it could channel so, if you don't. Yeah, so you're keep, setting up a... Well, you think about it... It's like, a like a highway. The water would just go through and... So those of those that live out in the rural area and there's no, um, we have septic systems. You know, septic systems have a gravel bed mm-hmm. where you can spray. The, that's where all the water goes, the spray to get filtered through. So it can be recirculated back into the aquifer or whatever. So it's the same kind of concept. You have a gravel base, which is your mash. If you think about it, all the grain, okay. you have to get that compacted and evenly based so the water all goes through it evenly and not like Ben was saying it doesn't channel because once it starts channeling you're getting these concentrated areas you're not getting evenly distribution of the water so it'll be dry which, yeah <laughs> which will screw up your efficiency and how much sugar you pull out okay and then at the bottom of that mash tun is another sieve it's a big basically a metal big, grate big metal grate that's levered uh, levered excuse me it's got little looks like quarters in it and then on each side of the quarter there's a hole and that's where all the water comes through. All right. And keeps the grain from I didn't expect through. to be able to follow you, but I am. Good. So if you think so. If you think about it, it's like putting pasta in a sieve and then rinsing it with water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or rice. How about yeah. this? Rice. rice You're cooking rice. Yeah. You put your rice in a sieve and you want to get the water out. And <laughs> it's so all the rice is the grain and the sieve is at the bottom of the mash tun. So all you're getting is water. Yeah. All right. Sugar water. You're not getting all the other stuff. So you don't want any of the husk and the grains and all that. I mean, that's what we boil. And that's what you boil. And as you boil, you get all the, you know, all the proteins start to stick together and come out of solution. So at the hot break, when it gets real hot, and when you cool it down, it does it again. So the proteins that are reactive at cold temperatures. That's how it kind of clarifies. Okay. So. There's lots of science. Yeah. Holy Mm -hmm. shit. The. Biggest pain in the butt on that mash tun is just getting all the grain out. So it's a shovel and a bucket. <laughs> and it's, it's oh. low. A lot of the larger systems, they have, a, they have an auger inside for one. Then so they have it'll a spin, and it'll push the grain out. Yeah, it's basically a, a sled, or it looks like a uh, plow. It's a and plow, it's, it's yeah, called. Yeah, makes sense. Higher up. Ours is low and manual. There's <laughs> us in there with a big-ass shovel. <laughs> Ours is low. And manual. Yeah. It's such weight in that statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's the other part of your day is just doing all that. So shoveling all the grain while it's boiling, cleaning out the mash tun. And then usually and that's just the just just that's just the brewing process. Now usually most of the day there's tanks of clean or maybe kegs of clean and then also um beer to package too. So we could be doing all that at once. Not to mention all the paperwork that we have to do. Mostly him and his end of the house. Yeah, how much paperwork do you have to do? <laughs> you well, to... well, there's tracking you have to do. Okay. So all your ingre- you have to check everything from in and out. All the serial numbers, everything we have have serial number. Oh, that's fine. So with tra- tracing, it's just but well, all you have to do it in the bakery. I'm sure they do. So well, as you get all, yeah, you don't have to do it. <laughs> so as all your ingredients come in, you have to track them all. So you got to have. Accounts, ARs, mm-hmm. accounts payables, all where all you're receiving your stuff, all your invoicing, and then from all your invoicing, you have all your individual ingredients, and then all your individual individual ingredients either have a lot number or you assign a lot number to them if they don't have a lot number. So if you're buying a little bit of something from like we made soda the other day, just some extracts, just record it as a manual 
lot number, but we got to have something there. So if something were to happen, we can trace it back. Mm-hmm. We follow it. So That's everything smart. has to be, yep. So all your quantities in have to equal your quantities out. So this amount of grain equals this amount of product, which equals this gravity, which equals this percent alcohol, mm-hmm. which is going to be this many kegs, which is going to track to this much tax. It's also like kind of following a recipe. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's pretty neat. So... Yeah, well, you know what to expect before you go in. Richard does that a lot with his coffee when you roast. He has well, now, yeah, especially he's been roasting for so long. And you've been baking yeah. for so long or doing things for so long, you know your rest-based recipes. Yeah, so you'll so know true. what you're making. The biggest thing is making it consistently. Which is the whole hard part is making it consistent every time. Because yeah. you can have one little thing slip and it could come off. You're dealing with a thousand working pieces, all it takes is... And let's be honest, in the humidity changes everything. Heat and humidity oh will change God. everything. I mean, especially baking. Mm-hmm. So but true. like what it does is it so increases right. moisture content in malt and it increases your moisture content in flour. It can change your moisture content in your beans. Mm-hmm. It can change the temperature when you're roasting beans because it got more moisture now because it's 100% humidity outside. I know we see that in the summertime with our grains. Mm-hmm. I bet. I, I, I know the moisture content goes up exponentially, even after like 30 days. It's like even if we had an order for the whole month, I guarantee in 30 days, we're seeing probably, I would be maybe 1%. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if we had it reanalyzed and you would see like a huge jump down here. A I'll huge bet. jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And moisture content, which will affect your whole process. Oh, absolutely. Because mm. moisture affects your extraction rates and your yeah. efficiency on everything. I mean. <laughs> Plus, your, your brain. I don't know about you, but when the humidity is super high, I don't really do well. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're Slugging sitting in the around. heat and trying to heat something and boil something and dry, get get to your evaporation point. Oh, yeah, it takes forever yourself. because... <laughs> well, it gets all, like 120 in that, inside that brewery. And that, that, yeah. that, I don't even know a day what the humidity is, but it's probably 100%. Yeah. <laughs> It's well over 100%, well over, even with ventilator opening the doors. It's way over 100%. I'm like surprised it doesn't there. rain in there. I know. I was about to say, like, swimming around. Sometimes a, those windows are wet. ton, <laughs> ton. Well, in the wintertime, yeah. it's so cold out, so everything just condenses right away. In the summertime, it just exponentially gets, like... Mm. They have like mirages set outside the brewery. Yeah, it gets, <laughs> like, really pea soup in there. What? Is that, is that beach? Somerville? <laughs> yeah. Come on down, swim. <laughs> <laughs> but right. yeah, we usually have lots of things going on too, other than just that process. Who will be cleaning taps? So, yeah. Tap cleaning, keg cleaning, tank cleaning, inventory, say, side projects. Hey, he might be brewing, uh, he'll brew something on a main system and then something on one barrel system at the same time. Yeah, I've had to do that. We had to stop doing that because we just don't have enough hot water. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I've done both. I've done both. I've done a three and a half barrel run and doing a one barrel at the same time or consecutively back and back to back, which was demanding just because we didn't have enough water. If we had enough water, it probably would have been a lot easier. We just didn't have enough hot water, so it drug out the day. That makes makes it difficult because so cleaning, it's. You know, first we got to use hot water with the caustic to get all the organic material out. Then you got to rinse it with cold water. Mm-hmm. Then, if we're passivating, you use hot water again we'll and nitric acid to get the, you know, stainless steel passivated. Then you got to wait twenty four hours and come back and rinse and oh, sanitize. Mm-hmm. But if not a normal cleaning, it's just uh, caustic. Get all the organic material off, hose it down. You got to use chemicals because you can't. You can't use physical scrubbing of things because mm. you'll put pores. It's a you'll destroy it. It's yeah, you'll, you're going to ruin the stainless. Grade stainless. You take a, br- a it's brush. It's smooth it, inside, so it. bacteria can't find little crevices to oh, live and I hide. See. Interesting. So yeah, that's the other thing in cooking oh. and pharmaceuticals and baking. You have to use all three or four stainless steel, or something that's going to be hold up. Yeah, be, I don't know what you guys use as mixers. I'm pretty sure it's stainless steel. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it yeah. is because stainless is just the the best stuff to use. Because one, it's easy to clean. You just you just gotta take care of it. Is the biggest thing. Oh yeah. Because once you get an etching in the that stainless, and you get that first layer off, and the rust will just destroy that <laughs> steel oh, quickly. No, you're 100 percent right. Mm-hmm. But if you take care of it, the stuff is awesome. That's, that goes with nice. a lot of things, really. Mm-hmm. 
So everything do uh, do attention. Mm-hmm. Everything needs due attention. And then we so. boil it, and again, no groundwater comes into play there too because we have a two-stage chiller. Okay. So groundwater yep. knocks the temperature down. Mm-hmm. And then the glycol system that knocks it down some more. I remember that. And since we do lagers, it's got to get even colder before it gets into the fermenter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, summertime sucks. You get about 54, but... We've changed yeast now, and I've been fermenting at 54, and actually I'm not having any problems at 54. Oh, nice. That's which good. Some people would probably say that's way too high, but... Whatever. If it works, it works, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, I think it's cold enough, so the majority of fermentation... Once the majority of growth happens, I think you're good to go. So once your majority of your growth of yeast occurs, that's you're not going to get a lot of like off flavors after that. Right. So, and I've, I've also noticed with some of the lager yeast, if you let the temperature rise on them after they got most of their growth done, or they're at 50%, basically once they get to 50% completion, you can pretty much, I think, let the jackets off, let it rise to like 64 and be okay, 68 and get it to ferment all the way up, and then cold crash it and lager it, and I think that's where the key is. But the biggest thing is, like on those tanks, is one, yeah, getting to the right temperature since everything runs cold. Which puts a huge strain on that system, our chiller in the summertime. Yeah. Even though it's two stage and 35 gallons, it's still hard. I mean, in the south, we all know it's just, it's just really hot. hot down oh, here. Oh, yeah. Totally. So. so hot. And like you said earlier, the humidity only makes it worse. worse. Yeah. It's like being smothered in the heat rather than just being like, hey, it's hot. Like, no, I'm going to choke you. <laughs> no, we're lucky. It's been nice for July. It's June, so I mean, far. July. It's, it's really weird. I think like a week or two ago. May was like hot. May. No, April was hot. May yeah. was nice and cool. Right? There, I, I walked out and in the morning June one time. now June has been nice. And it was it like 60 been. degrees. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Last weekend it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which made it nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. It is weird. But the community hasn't come in yet to play. Everything is weird this year, so yeah. it fits, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, with humidity comes the worst thing is all the mold that grows everywhere. Yeah. That's a constant battle. I bet it, yeah. It's almost like a never-winning, never-winning, never-ending fight. There's so many like, little nooks and crannies. Manufacturing. Yeah, y'all can do this so much. places. Especially where you're brewing. I mean... Mm-hmm. It's all... Concrete and brick. And like water. Like 80% mm. of the time it's just water. Everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's cleaner that's in it, it's still water. It's <laughs> still, it still doesn't always. I always see steam and water every time I walk in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so which makes it difficult. How do you like the new dry yeast? I like the new dry yeast. We're using Cellar Science. Uh, more beer sells it. I don't know who makes it other than Cellar Science. I think it's the company, and it's the German 830, which is White Labs 830, Weistefan 3738, which is basically the generic Pilsner strain, German Pilsner strain that pretty much is probably the most popular strain used. But with the dry yeast, just more consistency I'm seeing already. Mm, just, okay. re- just only using it once or twice. And it looks like little thing. bricks of like vac- vacuum sealed coffee, is that the way? Mm-hmm. It looks little it's bricks. Looks like. Oh, I know what dry yeast is. Okay. Oh, you, that's right. You probably get it the same way, don't you? Yeah, we we like to use fresh yeast. Well, we've had this discussion yeah, before. Yeah, last yeah. time. <laughs> they they <laughs> used Fleshman's. That's right. Uh, you used yeah. Fleshman's bag. Have you been able to even get it anymore? We finally did, yeah. All right. They finally, finally had did. production come back up. Yeah. So, but that's the same. St- it's not the same yeast. Yes, I know. It's It looks the same way. Right, right. I'm just familiar so, with like the packaging. Right. It's delivered, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're going to try a sa- They Lama makes this trademarked sour yeast. So it's, and I know people are going to probably give us crap because it is genetically modified. <laughs> and what they basically did, they took ale yeast and they made it that the LDH is, they took the LDH enzyme basically out. So that is lactodehydrogenase, which actually breaks down lactic acid. Mm-hmm. So now the yeast can't break down lactic acid, so it actually is byproduct stays in the system. So let's see how it comes out. That sounds awesome. We can ferment out in like five days, they say. So we can make like a Berliner Weiss in like five days. Versus. So I'm really excited to use it. On Tuesday, we're going to do it. What's the normal runtime for Berliner Weiss? Uh, lactic acid's kind of slow. The way we're okay. doing the one barrel system is we buy a lactic acid, lactobacillus blend. 
And it would take uh, anywhere from five to seven days to get it really sour, like get it down to pH of like three. And then reboil it, then add your hops, then ferment it out with a lager yeast. Whereas this way, we might just be able to get away with doing a traditional Berliner Weiss with an ale yeast that makes lactic acid, which cuts out like three process, three steps in the whole thing. No kettle souring, no and lactic you, acid well, we additions. The, we, will we have to do the secondary fermentation with it still? or Nope. nope. It's cool. a one-time deal, and that's it. It's a one-time yeah. use yeast, though. Oh, and it is okay. an ale yeast, so cleaning is going to be... Cleaning should be easier because lactobacillus itself is normally works, lives in CO2. So this yeast is an ale yeast, so CO2 should kill it after we're cleaning. Because part of the cleaning process is keep charging the tanks with CO2 because that will purge any of the... That will kill most bacteria, brett, all the other molds and things like that, but it doesn't kill lactobacillus because lactobacillus can grow in CO2. They like CO2. Walking into science class over mm-hmm. here. They're part of that group of um, bacteria that you know can survive in CO2 environments. And you haven't tested out yet, but you're going to? This yeah, week will be the first one. <laughs> All right. That's good to know. I think we got, you can do three different beers off it. Mm-hmm. Is that this, we is should that this be able one? make five barrels and build oh. split up split as many them. ways as one. Really? We're going to see how it ferments out first. I'm excited for the pineapple, pineapple Berliner Weiss. Yeah, the Percy Perlano. Pineapple Berliner Weiss. Dry cool. hop with some Mazaka because we have Mazaka left. That's still mm. good. So, yeah, that sounds Get some fantastic. fresh pineapple in it. I think Do my mouth gra- is already like salivating. <laughs> I think I have, yeah, I have grapefruit puree. I bought to do one with grapefruit. Oh. We'll make a. <laughs> we'll probably do a barrel run of, of the mojito. And the red, white, and blue? Uh, red, white, and blue we'll do too. Fuck yeah. I got blackberry, strawberry. Oh, blackberry, r- raspberry. Berliner Weiss is what that'll be, basically. Oh, man. I know it's blackberries, not blue, but... Blueberries are so hard to use, man. It just takes so many of them. It's close enough. I mean, you get blueberries... We've always done raspberry, blackberry, and it whites the, you know, Berliner Weiss white, so I think it'll be fine. It it does well. You get blueberries down concentrated enough with the juices anyway. It's not blue, so it does not matter. Yeah, no, no. Well, color, no, because, I mean, look at prices that we just did and released. We used pomegranate. I used 40... We used 42 pounds of pomegranate, and it's white White. and cloudy. Oh, yeah. But the pomegranate came through tart and... It did. On the back end, and very aromatic. More air. Once you get to see it, you carbonated it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the aromatics super really came aromatic out. and super tart on the mm-hmm. back end, which I didn't expect. I did expect a little more color change. I thought the color would have been a little higher on the concentrate. A little pomegranate. pinker, because that concentrate was pretty red, red, dark red. <laughs> right, and but I, you can't tell at all. Not, <laughs> was not I? Yeah, did not think it would not give it a little bit of a hue. It didn't even give it, it a didn't. pink hue. It's white. Dang. It is white. <laughs> I, said, I tasted uh, before, I think Aaron gave me a sample like last week or something. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't carbonated, I don't think. But I could be wrong. Have you tried it since they released it this weekend? No. You got Yeah, you got to get some. It's really white, cloudy, like a vice beer. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go. And I've got to go back to the studio yeah. today anyway, so I'll just walk. Yeah. That uh, Pink Boots blend's awesome because it's got just a grapefruit note. And actually, the pomegranate does well with that. Blend, it does. And I didn't think it was, I didn't know if it was going to. I'm excited. People have loved it this weekend. Good. And in fact, they could get that and Virgo at the same time. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Damn, I need more growlers. so another fun thing that's always to do is dry hopping which we're going to dry hop Contra this week because Contra will be ready to come out yeah people have been craving time (laughs) people can stop complaining there's no IPAs I will not stop complaining I don't want an IPA I want an IPL (laughs) when you're going to get one so um, what do we dry hop that with uh two and a half pounds of citra two and a half pounds of amarillo Mm. so it's got super fruity notes to it I love so, it. I think so we're much. on our last bit of Citra and Amarillo finally. Get rid of that so we can go to some other hop uh, things that I found. But, anyways, that's just a pain in the butt because you got to pull one, pour all those hops in there, and then try to get them all out, which never happens. <laughs> yeah, there's no it chance. Does. For some reason, I can never get the hops out. No matter how hard I cold crash it, try to drop them out. So, <laughs> I might try a mesh bag this time, put it in, and see how that goes. You can just fish it out. 
Fish it out. Well, you can uh, all the all the lids to the fermenters have a a little hook, a hook, a basically a bracket on the back end. You can tie stuff bags to and drop stuff in the wall in the middle of your beer. Okay. There's a lot that's swarming around my head right now. Mm-hmm. Like a little yeah, hot particles. You think about it. The yeah. more contact you have, the better the hop flavor is. So I don't know if it's gonna get the same as if you just throw the hops all over and let it percolate down. Okay. Because if you think about it, you definitely get more, more surface contact area. To surface area, and that's where all the flavors come from. But then you get hot particles. You get hot particles in your hot beer. Problems we always get is trying to get all those things out. We don't have a filter. You can sit there and try to dump it all you want, and for some reason, I can never get all the hops out of the beer before it comes Dang. time to keg it. So, so it's like pulp. But it'll be ready here. What next week? We're definitely for the anniversary, along with Summerville Lager. Yeah, we got a lot oh, of Summerville Lager. Summerville Lager right. put some gelatin and clear it up this week. Oh man, it's exciting. <laughs> this yeast <this> <laughs> tends to come out of solution a little bit better too, which I like. Yeah, the Osfart. No, that's old. That's the old one. Never mind. Uh, what did we just do with it that came out? Actually, um, what was it we just did? No, it's not. It's not the Pisces. It was one another one we just put out that had it. That mm, the Rebel Rye, freaking clears the bell. Yeah. Clear as a bell, and I'd use a very minimal amount of gelatin in that, and it came out clear as a bell immediately. That was good. I did, so, I did try that one. The Schwartz one was good too. That was a good combo. I didn't clarify that one though. I wouldn't. And that's and the, it still came out really clear, which that's why I kind of like that yeast. Mm-hmm. So that was a good thing about changing yeast. At least the clarification seems to be a little bit quicker. Right on. That's good. So, I'm assuming. It is, because yes. the Rebel Rye is nice and clear. Right. I like that. I mean, it's not clear, clear, like brilliant, but at least it's clear enough, and it's clear, and you get the, like, perspective of the right, actual not, color. That's what you're saying. It's not, I mean, it's a little cloudy. We don't get it all out. I mean, we prefer to have them crystal clear, but of course, that takes yeah. more equipment that we don't have. Right. Yeah, yeah I love that. That is a good point. Most of your beers are very They're pretty clear. clear. There's yeah. some might be a little haze to them sometimes, and over time, they'll eventually clear up. Um, but to get them right out of the gate requires more equipment that we don't have. So I feel One like day it's we so will. popular now to have cloudy beer, so... Yeah, we'd rather not have it cloudy. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that. it's not bad, but I would prefer clear. Like, the Hefeweizen, I don't care. Right. It's supposed to be. That's one of those styles. Any wheat beer, that's going to be cloudy. That's I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. That's That one's got the new yeast, too, and it, a lot of people like it better. Yep. Well, it's no, it is the same yeast. It is 350. Well, I mean, it's the dry yeast, though. It is the dry right. yeast. It came out real banana Oh, it's mm. more banana. God, you have so much to drink now. I need to mm. catch up. I know we got oh, yeah. too much. My alcohol been working. tendencies are not as high as they well, should Chick be. Well, Chick is almost gone. Munich Dunkel's almost gone, so they'll be replaced by Contra and Summerville Lager until we get some more Munich Dunkel made at the end of the month. Cool. I'm disappointed. Chuck Pills is almost gone. It's I love that one. Is it Osweiler Pills too? What's the difference yeah. between the two? So Czech Pills is or Bohemian Pills is. Czechoslovakian base and most of their lagers are kind of uh, more more malt forward than hop forward okay and then German pills are tend to be drier a little hoppier I think is the best way to more bitterness to them in a simple way without getting too in depth right because we haven't gone too scientific <laughs> yet <laughs> <laughs> well you got guidelines and different ways they ferment there's like three different uh, check pilsers now, and then there's three different colors on top of that. So you'll have, jeez, you know, okay, light, amber, dark, and then in each category they got like different gravities now and different ways they classify them. And so it was a weighted question then. <laughs> yeah, so you end up getting like nine different check pilsers, and really there's three. There's a light and an amber and a black mm-hmm. in my book, and then. To me, gravity is just gravity. Whatever you want to make it. Do you want to make it, you know, like more sessionable, lower gravity? Lower alcohol, or you want to make it a little more in the middle, or you want to make it higher. And even then, they don't make it super high. Is that what they generally mean when they write like a session, whatever on there? Yeah, low gravity. Low gravity or Uh, low alcohol. Easy drinking. Why? Why is that the term? Marketing. Yeah. Marketing trends. So. Okay. I've always saw that. Session IPAs to me are just pale Pale ales. ales. (laughs) Yep. Thank you. Yeah, I'll argue that all day long. And people argue. It's just funny. I mean, I agree. But I get it. They want to, you know, it's marketing. 
Let's be honest, it's marketing. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. I just think it's funny when Brewers <laughs> Association and uh, the BJCP make it a got, category. A category. There's Pillow. like eight categories of IPAs. I just kind of snicker now. I'm like, <laughs> whatever. I guess, you know. Right. It's just uh, kind of funny, though, because now you got black IPAs, red IPAs, brown IPAs, imperial IPAs, plain IPAs, session IPAs, or pale ales, and fruit IPAs. And No, there's too many. I'm glad that trend didn't stick around too long. Which one? The brute IPA. No, or brute IPA is a new one now. What? Yeah, they use wine yeast. No. Right? We'll actually use an enzyme. Is that what it is? Yeah. We'll probably do. You know, I want to do a brute uh, pilsner for... Uh, New Year's I think it'd be funny I get like Weird like shivers Just thinking about that That just seems so bizarre I no, think it's like just Champagne real. and beer it may, Reminds me of Miller And I'm not really about it so. well, Yeah Cause they used to call it, they, they The champagne and beer The champagne and beer Yeah <laughs> Which is funny Do you know for New Year's They make a giant the Giant one I know yeah. I know Yeah I've seen it That's but also marketing. it's a special release yep. though, Isn't yeah. it It's a special release And you only get it In certain areas I think so So uh, some fancy and they put those. them In a magnum Just mm. like But you know Anchor does that For their Christmas sale They put them in magnums I have a magnum Well that's badass I mean but yeah, I'm that. not going to drink a Magnum of Miller Lite and cheer in the No, day. that's not badass. No. I used to get Heineken Magnums over in, when I lived in Germany. I don't know if they have them here or not, but... I don't know if they do. Get them yeah, Heineken, there. the biggest thing about Heineken, you, you just got to... It's so funny, but you got to drink it in the can, not in those green bottles. Yeah. <laughs> the green bottles, they're skunk. <laughs> they do. They're so skunk, and you drink it in a can, it's like, damn, this is like really good. This is like not bad. Went to the Heineken Brewery, the, I'm like, this is amazing. And everyone says, if you go <laughs> Nothing to... Nothing like I had. If you go to... They're in... In Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Oh, oh, they're well, in Amsterdam. I, they might have multiple, but I went to Amsterdam to is the brewery. Is that where the original Heineken is? I, I think can't it, I felt like it was. Every, I, I was drunk on the tour, but... Everything, every person I have ever heard or people write about it, they say you go to the Heineken brewery, the beer is just incredible. It was, it's right out of the Not just there, the brewery, but even within the city itself, just going to the different bars. Well, it just goes to show, like, as you start packaging it, as you start shipping it, as you start making it in different areas. You lose control. water and different ingredients. I mean, even Budweiser has that same problem. All they have, all the plants they have in the in this uh, country all use different water. Mm-hmm. You use all different water from different aquifers, different supply routes. You know, our water here is super soft, but up north it's hard. You change everything. Germany, with their pilsners. Yeah. They- so all the areas, so it, it changes, and that's why I think. But anyways, but like that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Like you get Heineken right at the original factory. Everyone says it's like it's you awesome. drink it all day. It's so good. Why did they? Why green, the green bottles? Bottle? I why? Think, I, I want to say I that know. was a marketing tool. See, that's what I'm but expecting. The problem is, it lets UV light in. When UV yeah. light hits hot boils, it skunks. It skunks. And that's if a they problem. They had to know it. that before they signed but on. People are, think that it's. But it's uh, supposed to taste that way. It's supposed to taste that way, Fine. and it's not. So. That's why Miller developed that triploid hop crap that's supposed to not, um, extract that's not supposed to degradate in light. Because, you know, Miller is all in clear, some of those are in clear bottles. Yep, that's a good point. Corona's mm-hmm. in clear bottles. And Corona de- in this country sucks compared to this stuff. In Mexico, it's at least drinkable. I like Corona. That's why Sam Adams... But I don't like it in the States. It tastes like corn. But you drink it down in Mexico out of the can, it's freaking... It's actually like, damn, this is actually not bad. I would drink this. Mm. Right on. So. A lot of the Mexican And the Modelo, even the Modelo is clear. Amber, which is a Vanilla. Well, a lot of those... Me- yeah, exactly. A lot of those Mexican beers are actually German beers. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. Because there's a, a lot of German immigrants went to Mexico. I forgot awesome. why they went there. So for all the you know people out there who are you know right. conspiracy theorists, right. they did. The Nazis all went to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Started brewing companies. Yeah. So when, <laughs> oh, when I go to a Mexican restaurant, I'll get like a, a Modelo or or um, which other one? I can't think. Well, Modelo. But it's no. Vienna. Well, Modelo is Mexico. They're, they're in Mexico. It is true. Dos Equis Amber. Dos Equis Amber is a Vienna Lager. Is a Vienna Lager. But the Modelo Amber is a Vienna Lager. Yeah, exactly. Yep. They huh. just use adjuncts. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's so Most smart. people don't realize that like, those oh, are all no influenced idea. by German breweries. Yep. So, just like the Chicago area, Minneapolis, St. Paul, that's where, and St. Louis. Mm. All, it was all German. That's oh, where Budweiser got, you know, they got started. And they stole the recipe from Budvar. <laughs> mm. Uh, they should make a movie about that. I mean, Coors, I don't think they were German influenced, were they? I don't think so. Yeah. But, uh, they were influenced by the Rockies. 
It was mostly influenced by German immigrants because that's what their family was a long time ago. That makes sense. I like that. Mm-hmm. Damn. There's so much learning in this episode. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I should have taken We notes. do a beer history one? Yeah. Beer history. That's a good name for this. Along with the word Wait, day. it's not really beer history because we're listening to him. Brian history. Yeah, Brian. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Life of Brian. Yeah. Speaking of a Monty Python it. reference. There it is. <laughs> Found it. Yes. That's kind of like a Where's Waldo we, uh, really episode. <laughs> that's a funny movie. Especially Where's Waldo's a movie? Wait, Life yeah, of Brian. What? Oh, Life oh, of Brian. Yeah, yeah. Python. I was on the same page with yeah. you. Waldo's <laughs> not a funny movie. It's just a book. Kids love yeah. it, but... Yeah, Life of Brian is a really good movie. Good you're right. The opening scene's funny. It's very blasphemous if you're oh, not yeah. open-minded, but it's funny. Because the first scene and ending scene are the best because the first epic scene is they bring a frankincense, myrrh, and gold and they <laughs> take it away. Which is Indian giving, which <laughs> a lot of people would say is horrible too. And at the end, yes, he gets crucified. <laughs> it's so close. And has to walk. Uh, what's the road outside the city? Because it's the same road that it's Jesus It's been a long road. time. It's funny. See, that was both. A lot of, lot, of, lot of underlying themes in that movie a lot of people would be offended by, but I think they're just trying to make a very auspicious, right. hilarious point. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen it enough or nearly as often that it's I good. can. Oh, their spout movies are good, with, but they're uh, very, they're uh, very against the times in Great Britain. Yeah, hell yeah. Which was religious. Somewhat uh, revolutionary. Conservative approach to society. They didn't talk about sex, religion, drugs, alcohol, things like that. Mm. And so, yeah, train well, we spotting's at... a really good one. <laughs> All right. I gotta pull my brisket off. Oh, oh you got brisket? It's, well, I'm cooking it now. I've been cooking it since midnight last night. Oh, wow. So now I gotta wrap it. You guys have extreme patience. I'm sleeping. I don't know if we could just... set those timers and just let them go. Yeah, it's great. He's got a nice one. I don't smoker. do shit. I literally, it's like it's Easy a... Bake Oven. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> all right, well, you got it's me. It's the convinced. coolest one. It's got basically on the side, you got a hot box, which is the yeah. electrical elements. Mm-hmm. It has an auger, and you put wood pellets I'll sh- in. Yeah, which I'll show make, you when we go downstairs. Which, okay. which makes even flow, even burn, yep. continuous burn. And you don't yep. have to worry about, like, oh, I don't have Maintains enough wood in there, don't have much wood. It's insulated. It's got a little fan that blows the smoke down the back, and then it comes out. So you get constant circulation. Mm hmm. Constant it's, heat. It's awesome. It's going to have Brian explain like, everything from, yeah. from now on. <laughs> it's like the rotisserie said it and forget it. That's right, the Ronco. <laughs> yeah, Ronco. Is it Ronco? Whatever his name was. He did. All right, well, I've got to go learn about some brisket now. All right, let's do it. See ya. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Have a good night.